What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode here on What's the Word Entertainment, along with my co-host, Obed. I am Sherm. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome aboard, and we hope you enjoy it. If you're a returning listener, we appreciate you, as always. Uh, Obed, what's good with you, man? I know we, we've been communicating and conducting our shows, but uh, kind of business as usual, but I feel like I haven't seen you in, in, a, in a while. Are we ever going to get back to uh, any type of out in the real world anytime soon? <laughs> I mean, we can either move to one of the more right-leaning states and just go be free as a bird where COVID is an inconvenience, uh, or we can, you know, I'm sure they're going to start giving us, like, sentient bodies, like, uh, what is that movie with Bruce Willis? I mean, I hope they've got, they got those uh, fake bodies that people go into. We can start doing something like that. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Real-life sims. Watch out for it. Dude, it's, it's, always, it's always something popping off, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, man, let's get right into it here on this week on What's the Word Entertainment. Let's start off with some basketball here. Um, obviously, you know, the Eastern and Western Conference Finals are going on. We'll get to that in a second. But the MVP candidate, uh, excuse me, the MVP award was given out. It was given out to uh, Bucks All-Star forward Giannis Antetokounmpo for the second year in a row. The boy LeBron James was actually kind of a little teed off about it, to say the least. Um, I think he only got, what, 16 first-place votes. I was kind of surprised by the limited amount of first place votes he got. I wasn't surprised by the outcome. I think Gian- I think it was fair to know that Giannis was going to get it again. Um, but it's funny, or let me ask you, I guess let me ask you, do you think Giannis was, did you think Giannis was going to get it? Or did you think maybe LeBron or somebody else would, would actually get the award? Because I, I guess I, I was not surprised that Giannis got it. I'm not surprised that Giannis got it, um, but they seem to be, you know, looking at him as, hey, who is in, in kind of, and this is alternative to the football metric, where it's just like the MVP is usually just a big all-star as opposed to like, who's the guy, if you remove from their team, they wouldn't be anyone. Where in basketball, if you remove Giannis Antetokounmpo from the Bucks, who are those guys? You know, um, so right. I can say, hey, I agree with them giving him the MVP trophy, because uh, I'm sure that the world is, has gotten to a point, or at least the voters have gotten to a point where it's like, oh, LeBron went to a team, and got the best players to go with him. How can we consider him the MVP if he always has to go somewhere and bring in a whole crew? Right, and and I think about the MVP awards, whether it's in basketball, whether it's in football, people always look at, consider it, you know, MVP giving it to the best player. You know, who is the best out there in the game? It's not necessarily that. That's the thing people forget to realize. You know, if they had an MOP award and the most outstanding player, I would say, yeah, LeBron would probably have 10 of those trophies, you know, not, not just four MVPs, but it's the most valuable player. Like you said, Obed, you take Giannis off that Milwaukee squad, they're not doing squat. <laughs> no no offense to the, to, to, Milwaukee, to the Bucks, but, man, if you take LeBron off the Lakers right now, still with AD, they've got a, they're probably a 7-8 seed, if not even maybe 6 seed in the Western Conference. You know what I mean? So they're, they're still doing something. Giannis is more valuable to his team than LeBron is to his team. And I think that's the reason why Giannis was deserving of the award. People always tend to forget. They think, oh, he's the MVP. He's just the best player. Not necessarily the case. That's not how the MVP is defined. Sometimes it does work out that way. Yes, I'll agree. But that's not how it's really defined. It's the most valuable player. So, then again, like I said, congratulations to Giannis on getting that award. As we're going to talk about, you know, the Eastern and Western Conference Finals matchups, of course, um, Celtics and uh, Heat are going at it in game four, I believe, is tonight. Celtics finally got on the board with the win in game three. Um, Tatum, uh, Kemba, and Jalen Brown all had over 20-plus points apiece, which is nice for them kind of getting in sync there. Honestly, I thought the Heat were actually going to take this one and kind of outright for a second there in this game three. But, I, I mean, I, I'm still, I did predict the Celtics coming to come out of the Eastern Conference since, since this, 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 final, this matchup was made. Uh, I'm still saying that the Celtics can bounce, can, uh, can take this. If they win tonight, even at 2-2, two to two, I'm thinking the Celtics are going to win this thing at 6. And as far as the Western Conference is concerned, the Nuggets coming back with the, with their winning game three, kudos to them, dude. Jokic and Murray playing lights out. Even though – and this is with LeBron James having a triple-double in that game three with 30-10-11, and 11, okay? Jokic played a great game, uh, having, what, 22-10. and 10. Murray – 28 and what 12 assists these these two guys young kids are phenomenal players 
I think there will be a future of this squad. Um, want to get your thoughts, Obed, on these maybe a couple of recent games and and if your predictions have, have have changed at all, kind of watching the outcome of the last couple of games. Yeah, Sherman. I will say that uh, you know I felt um, I felt strongly about Jamal Murray and what he brings to the table as far as being a competitor. You know, some of these things he said in the last round where he was you know very adamant that like you know wanted to make up for last year, come out here and play to the best of his ability, be kind of that, that star that some people wonder whether he is or not. Uh, certainly for uh, the, the Nuggets that he is doing his best to be that player. Um, and, you know, Jokic just being able to slow the game down, be able to move the ball. I mean, mind you, this is a Nuggets team that lost uh, the last game to a, you know, fall away three game winner. You know, shout out to AD, shout out to Kobe, or some peace. That you know, they're they're a few possessions away from them. You know, potentially having a a two one lead right. uh, in this series. You know, so can't really take anything away from them. But knowing that, you know, as you said, this is LeBron having a triple double in this game. They still only won by two. Had to get that last minute three. Um, you know that there is there's a glimmer of hope for the Denver Nuggets, but I don't think that changes who the our outcome is going to be. I think it is going to be a, a Celtics. I don't know. I something about Jimmy Butler. Something about the way that Jimmy Butler has corralled this team and they play and they just want to play for each other. Him, Hero, these guys want to play for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know that it, hey, it could go to seven games. Expect the Celtics to come out of it and it to be a Lakers Celtics final. But I wouldn't be shocked if it was the Lakers on the Heat. You know what? It- that Eastern matchup could go could go to seven. Um, I think that's a very good matchup with these two squads. Like I said, Jimmy Butler's playing playing good ball. Um, had a kind of a mediocre game for him in that game three with with seventeen and eight, uh, shooting six of thirteen from the field. But I, I think I, I think I think the Heat obviously is definitely a surprise team in this postseason. I don't think anyone expecting them to go this far. Uh, but I'm still going to say Boston's going to come out with this one, even though down 2-1, like I said, game four is tonight. So I'm looking forward to that. But, man, going back quickly, just just to wrap it up here, the Nuggets, Jokic is such a versatile player. I know we've talked about him a co- last couple of shows, man. He's so versatile, you know, on the especially on the offensive end, coming off that pick and roll. And I don't know if you watched the game last night. The shot he made at the end of the first quarter, that kind of falling down a fadeaway kind of, kind of like uh, – rainbow shot man this guy can really score from kind of all different places on the floor and that's why he's such a good player and the, the nuggets definitely have a gem with him and murray together but again i think they need a they think they need one more person to kind of help them out and get them over the hump whatever that case may be is um another news uh the commissioner david uh excuse me commissioner adam silver not david stern adam silver mentioned that the new season probably won't begin until 2021 now of course we all know normally without having a hiatus in effect this, this season obviously would have well been over in june the new season would have begun right around usually what nba season begins around like halloween-ish around yeah, that time october, october, yeah. yeah end of october now they were hoping maybe december 1st the new season maybe even christmas but it's kind of saying you know it's probably not going to happen that's still a little too soon so i'm wondering now if they push it back to a 2021 are we ever really going to get back on track of having that normal schedule or is it maybe from now on going to be starting later on in the fall or even or even the early winter now i mean i have a feeling that with this is just a uh the impetus for this is coming from the, the quarantine and being off schedule and you know when all of these uh organizations said hey we're going to shorten things we're going to you know try to get through i assume that there was going to be the shortened season and then into the new season I think that this is a smart move on Adam Silver's part. Again, as far as, you know, uh, faces of the professional side, the business side of an organization for sports, Adam Silver is doing amazing things. Um, And a part of it is because he comes to the table knowing that his players are the product and probably doesn't want a re- a rehash of the last time there was a shortened season and they try to run these courses, you know, four or five games a week. Uh, you know, at the time Kobe is in his, you know, 39 plus season, I believe. And you're trying to get him to play five, six games in, in a span of 10 days. Like that's just ridiculousness. Um, so I laud him for saying, Hey, we won't start until 2021. Um, and then once we're through that, I think they can actually do a real regular start come 2022. 
you were saying LeBron, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be kind of hectic kind of to kind of jam things back in quickly. You know, they are, they're, the players are wanting more days off, you know, instead of having back-to-back games and they're kind of limiting that. So I think they're going to do a good job. Adam Silmer has definitely proven himself as a great commissioner for the league. So we'll see how he turns things around, hopefully next year, and getting things back on track. Um, moving on, changing gears, let's get into some football news in action. Um, you mentioned quickly, quickly a little bit. You talked about it last week how running backs were finally starting to get paid again. Look at prime another another example. Bears running back Tariq Cohen just got his his extension, a three year deal worth seventeen and a quarter million dollars uh, in new money. So it's a total of about eighteen and a quarter million. Uh, he's averaging about five and five five point seven five million on the new money. You know, I was proud of him for getting his new money, and damn damn it, I picked him. I freaking picked him in my fantasy league, and he's not doing squat for me right now, yo. So, I'm so how does that make you feel about paying somebody who didn't do squat? They barely used him in the game. To that's be what paying I'm this saying. Yeah. That's exactly – there you go. That's my point exactly. So, through two games, Tariq Cohen rushing has 12 attempts for 53 yards. He has three catches for 21 yards and no touchdowns at all. So – you pay this guy this money. He's your premier. He's your future back. You know, he's he's a he's he's a threat out of the backfield catching the ball. You give him you give him his money, but then you're not using him. Like I said, twelve attempts in two games and three and three catches on three targets is just Rex Grossman. I mean, excuse me, Rex Grossman. I don't know why I went there, but Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky. See, this is how bad I think of what the Bears running back, the Bears quarterbacks. I'm throwing him back, going it back to Rex Grossman here. Um, Mitchell Trubisky not targeting him out of the backfield on, on on passing plays. Is it just play calling? Not just wanting, not wanting to feed Tariq Cohen. What's going on with with uh, with Cohen and, and this Bears and the, this Bears uh, offense here? Yeah, I kind of put the the. Uh real blame on uh, Mazda Mitch, who we've mentioned a number of times. Um, his job is to distribute this ball to the available players that he has and who they put out there for him. Now, I'm all for playing, paying players. And one of the things you want to do is pay to have good players on your team. One of those good players is Tariq Cohen. I mean, you know, considering the guy who's in front of him, because Tariq Cohen is the uh, scat back, you've got David Montgomery, who's the big up back for them. You know, if David Montgomery sees another injury, had a groin issue early, had an ankle issue in all last week, uh, in week one, came out and played in week two, uh, played well as well. Um, I think Tariq Cohen is, they call him the human joystick, right? Like his job is to make these lightning plays, but that's going to come from when you can deliver the ball to him. If you're getting subpar passing, you're not writing up plays that allow you to get him open. Some of these guys are as good as their plays. You're not going to take the smallest guy in the field and run him up the gut, right? Get him in space, call a good bubble screen, maybe even send him on a wheel route, find ways to utilize what his skill set is, and it'll pay off, I believe. Yeah, you need to because he's a versatile, he's a versatile athlete. He can, like I said, he obviously is a running back. He can, he can, he can line up in the slot, get you, you know, six, seven catches a game. So I just don't know why they're you – know, I honestly don't know why they're not using him. So hopefully, you know, hopefully for me, because he's on my damn fantasy squad, uh, and they can, give, they can give him the rock more. You know what I'm saying? Right. Needing these Ws in the fantasy league. I, I will echo the words of Sigmund Bloom. Shout out Sigmund Bloom and the football guys. Uh, the assumption of rational coaching sometimes does not exist. <laughs> I feel – I hear you, man. Let's get into some uh, week two – news that went down or some of the action that went down this past week, dude. Um, one of the most, I guess, normal but ridiculous things I saw this last week was between at the Bengals and Browns game when fans were actually fighting in the stands, albeit where you have a limited amount of fans, about 6,000 fans approximately in, in Cleveland, in that, in that stadium there. But yet people got close enough to fight in the, in the stands. This is probably the most Browns thing that could probably happen other than the third and 41 from the week ago. <laughs> but it's just like, dude, you have a limited amount of fans. You're, everyone is spaced out, but yet you guys get into fights. At the, what, the, what the hell's wrong with these people, yo? I, I don't get it, Obed. People have been cooped up so long, you know, at this point. I, I 100% believe that they just need a reason to get out and get into their crazy football fandom state, you know, and this is Cleveland well known for, uh, for tailgating that maybe somebody might've been too far on the sauce uh, and seeing somebody else's face got them and they got them in their feelings like Drake. Who knows? <laughs> I feel you. Yo. 
Um, other, another game that was kind of interesting was the Dallas-Atlanta Falcons game. Is it just me or the Falcons players just don't know the rules of football? Because on an onside kick, the receiving team – no, not any kick. receiving team can grab the ball no matter what time it is, whether it's after one yard, whether it's after six yards, after ten yards. Only the kicking team can only grab it after 10 yards. And these dudes just stood around, like, like twiddling their thumbs. And Dallas ended up coming back, winning this game by one. Uh, also another point where Atlanta went for two earlier in the game, and they didn't get, the, didn't get that for no damn reason. They went for two there. Just pretty much Dallas just got lucky that the Falcons players just messed up, right? <laughs> I, I would agree. I think they just got lucky. I, honestly – it makes no sense. One, you're talking about a head coach and Dan Quinn, who's supposed to be a defense and special teams guy. So I know you didn't send your team out there thinking that they had to wait to jump on the ball. The rule book clearly states that it is the defensive, the offensive players have to wait for it to go 10 yards before they can get the ball. We saw this come down in another game where there's supposed to be an onside kick in week one, and the team was unable to uh, get the ball. And it just seemed so unfair that the other, the offensive team has no chance to go and grab the ball until it goes to 10 yards. They can't even run up next to it. Um, so, you know, it would you make think it's make, makes sense that it's a gimme. It's a mm -hmm. gimme for the Falcons to just pick it up. They all stood around like bungling idiots. I have no idea why. Dan Quinn either has to go or these guys are on the sauce making good money from their bookies. Dude, I don't know. Something's gotta something's gotta be up with that, but that was that was just crazy. Um, one of the one game that was kind of an upset was the uh, Monday night game between the Raiders and the Saints. The Raiders opened up their new stadium in Las Vegas, unfortunately without fans. Um, brand new stadium there would look, it look, it look uh, spectacular. But Raiders came out with this came out with this victory over the Saints. So I think it was surprised not only myself but a lot of people. Uh, Thirty four to twenty four. Uh, Carr looked good, dude. 284, three scores. Um, you know, he was hitting that tight end, Darren Waller, significantly obviously favored him the most. But is it just me or people were kind of looking at Drew Brees like, hmm, I don't know. Is he showing signs of aging? Is it just not just being on par with his, you know, on cue with his teammates? What's going on with the New Orleans Saints, man? It's especially more in this game in particular. Yeah, I mean, I would say this is this is the confirmation, right, for why they paid uh, uh, Michael Thomas all that money uh, in his new contract. Because without Michael Thomas on the field, it seems that the offense or the Saints is is not as effective, at least throwing downfield. Uh, I don't think they took more than one or two shots over 20 yards uh, downfield in this game, uh, and that's basically, you know, uh, some way smarter brains than I uh, came down with a breakdown that. The position that Michael Thomas plays in this offense, the other wide receivers on the team are set up to open that player up for certain alignments, depending on what the, uh, the defense is giving you. Those bitwise players like Traquan Smith that people were like, why isn't he getting a lot more work? Jared Cook, why isn't he getting a lot more work? Because the offense is made to flow through the number one, Michael Thomas, the number two, Alvin Kamara. You see that Alvin Kamara there with no Michael Thomas puts a lot more work on his on his plate. I'm sure the people who had Alvin Kamara were excited about the 30 plus points he got them. I know I was. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's it's uh, it's startlingly, startlingly obvious, startlingly, I can't startlingly obvious <laughs> that Drew Brees is not the same player at this point in his career without an alpha dog out there like Michael Thomas. Yeah, I mean, I'm wondering if it's if it is just that, is it just you know a one-off game? You know, hey Raiders, you know, f you know, so everyone find everyone finds you know a win every. A, and every now and again, you know, just out of nowhere, every every any team can get upset any week, of course, as we all know. Um, obviously, without Michael Thomas, the Saints aren't the same. Um, Kamara led the team in both rushing and receiving, uh, receiving, you know, even as far as targets, catches, yardage, you know. But I mean, the rate give it up to the Raiders, though, playing, you know, good good football, running the ball with Josh Jacobs, you know, well. Um, feeding him the rock a lot, you know, 27 carries for 88 yards, establishing in the run down there as Gruden loves to do, um, you know, and hey, if it works, it works. You know, they're the Raiders, hey, they're 2-0, you know, uh, the Saints dropped to 1-1, one -one, 
But, you know, I, I'm, still, I'm still saying that the Saints will win this division, even with Tampa Bay in there. That was my prediction before the season started. I think Tampa Bay will make the playoffs as a wild card, but I still think the Saints will win that division. Like I said, give Michael Thomas some time, let, let him get healthy, and uh, I think they'll be okay. So I don't think there's going to be too uh, wild, uh, wild, wild things happening in that, in that division. Um, so, so did you want to add something, Obed? Oh, I said agreed. Agreed. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Moving on. Dude, there was an onslaught of injuries this week, man. It, that was one of the craziest things, too. I mean, it felt like everyone was just going down, like, one after the other, like, like a domino effect. One, this dude got hurt. That dude sad. got hurt. It was crazy. Um, Giants, Giants running back Saquon Barkley, torn ACL. He's gone for the year. Another premier running back, Panthers running back, Christian McCaffrey, high ankle sprain. He's out at least four to six weeks. The Niners lost a whole gang of people on that one. Rookie of the year, Nick Bosa, torn ACL. He's gone. Dude, what is happening, man? I feel bad for these guys getting hurt. Uh, especially feel bad for anybody who's got them in fantasy, especially Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, probably arguably with the number one and number two picks in fantasy, you know, each yeah. each year, Crazy this year and last year, you know. But, man, what's what's happening here? Can any of these teams bounce back, I'm wondering, especially the 49ers? They were in the Super Bowl last year. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo even got hurt himself in this. What's gonna, really going to happen to the teams, team, let's say, to a team like the 49ers? Can they get back to the Super Bowl? Um, can these other teams like the Panthers, you know, you know, re, you know, get on back on track without Christian McCaffrey or wait for him to return? What, what's so the this, deal here? The secondary for the Niners is a bit of a question. Obviously, you saw uh, the – Ghost of Richard Sherman be treated like a living boy in the Super Bowl uh, by Sammy Watkins, um, <laughs> you know. And we know, and you know, as a, as fans of fantasy football and regular football, Sammy Watkins ain't it. Um, you know, at this point, for the rant, for the Niners, probably not. They're they're just for them survival. You're in a hundred percent survival mode. Who are the running backs that you can put out there that aren't going to get hurt? while you wait for Raheem Mostert to get healthy, while you wait for Tevin Coleman to get healthy. Because now the quarterback is hurt again. And Jimmy Garoppolo didn't really look that good on in the, from the outset anyways, right? You know, I mean, <clears throat> not having uh, uh, George Kittle is terrible. You know, that's that's a huge hit to your offense. But the last thing you want to do is rush these guys back when you see how easily other players are going down. Uh, this is one of those reasons why, you know, we probably do need a preseason because they're just not ready for the amount of hits and contacts that they're getting. And But the, the problem there is that you're attributing the injuries to the lack of preseason. I'm attributing the issue, the injuries to the fact that COVID had a shutdown, right? We These guys weren't out there getting in shape, staying in shape. A lot of these injuries are because their bodies have fallen out of football shape. The reason people get injured in sports and activities is because you try to do something that your brain told your body that you can do that your body has not been trained to continue to do. So, you know, you think you're going to make that cut, you're actually going to tear your ACL. You think you're going to be okay after you take a hit, you're actually going to crack a rib. You know, it's, it's um, unfortunate that it's happening. I almost, you know, this is, this is the bane of 2020 right now. Um, it's my prayers up that less people get hurt as the weeks go on. And it's not just about us not having uh, preseason. You know, that shouldn't miraculously think that, hey, now that we've gotten out of the two weeks of supposed preseason we're going to have, that now people are just going to miraculously be healthy. Yeah, it, I, I feel like it's just going to keep happening, to be honest with you. Um, it's just the fact that, like you said, you know, is it lack of conditioning or whatever the case may be? But I feel like it's just everyone's just going down. You know, even the Broncos quarterback, Drew Locke, is hurt. They signed Blake Bortles, um, which is, you know, not a bad pickup. I think they're going to start Driscoll this, this coming week. But do you think that Bortles can kind of help the Broncos out here at all? I think Bortles gives them a game manager who can at least deliver an NFL pass. Uh, I don't know about with some accuracy. The Jaguars did their best to hide him when Blake Bortles was the was the quarterback. Um, and you know, remember he he did take him to an AFC Championship game. He did. I want to say that it was more the defense. Uh, Legarrette, well, yeah. not Legarrette, uh Leonard Fournette, um, and you know, Calais Campbell, Calais Campbell, Keelan Cole. Yeah, the defense more so. Jalen Ramsey yeah. was there. Yeah. yeah, it's it's for me. It's hard for me to believe that Blake Bortles is going to be the savior. Uh, that comes out and does what really why are you not signing uh, uh, 
Colin Kaepernick to come out here and run a running offense for you, similar to what all these other players are, are doing. Uh, Colin Kaepernick was one of the first quarterbacks to take the RPO all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, there's no reason he couldn't come and run RPO with two talented running backs, really three if you think about having Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay, and Melvin Gordon on that team. Noah Fant is a fantastic tight end. Uh, KJ Hamler is a young wide receiver they brought in. Long Deshaun Hamilton still in that roster. Unfortunately, not having Corbett Sutton is, is tough out there. But, you know, they could be something now. Again, survival mode. And survival mode for them was picking up a Blake Bortles that I don't know if he had, what he has in the tank, but we'll see. Yeah, as you mentioned, Corbett Sunday, he tore an ACL as well, too. He's gone for the year. And, you know, ACL's all over the place. Malik Hooker, the safety out of the Colts. Well, he actually had a, a Achilles tendon injury, but I feel like it's just one after the other, yo. And it's just getting crazy with all the just wild, crazy, crazy significant injuries that are that are uh, are happening this year. Um, even look at Chargers' Tyrod Taylor. That was kind of a, that was kind of a weird thing. Uh, the Chargers actually started Justin Herbert last last minute in their game this week, but he apparently had a punctured lung um, from the doc, from one of the team's doctor. You know, I guess giving him a, a shot before the game to help out his his uh, ribs that he was in pain of, ended up puncturing the lung, which was kind of crazy. But Justin Herbert got the nod in that Casey game, and dude, that one went to overtime. So Justin Herbert played didn't play bad for the for the Chargers. Couldn't put the Chiefs on the Chiefs on the on the brink there of of getting that getting that dub, but that was I thought that was kind of interesting to kind of see a rookie QB coming in here unexpectedly getting to start at the, like kind of the, the last hour you know and pushing the defending champs in the Chiefs to the kind of to overtime and almost getting that W. So I thought that was interesting as well too. Um, yeah, all the all much respect to to uh, to Justin Herbert coming off the bench. I mean, people had their their doubts about what his ability would be, what he would look like when he actually had an opportunity out there. I feel like he did not disappoint. Um, but, you know, you have to keep in mind that a lot of times these rookie quarterbacks, if they catch a spark, can catch a, key, a team slipping because you have no game tape. You have no footage on this person. So, you know, true, when true. you line up, hey, I can take a shot. His first touchdown pass, um, if I'm not mistaken, went to – so I can find this individual's name because I don't, I don't, I don't even know who this guy was. Uh, it was Justin Herbert, Galen, Jalen Guyton, Jalen Guyton. That's how you know that Justin Herbert has been throwing the backup guys that nobody's heard of. And his first touchdown pass, <laughs> 14 yard pass to probably a guy that he actually plays pitch and catch with because he doesn't take starters reps. So all the more power to him for being prepared, uh, being able to go out there and mental grip, but. You know, a lot of times, because they haven't seen Remember the first time we saw Baker Mayfield? He lit up Thursday night football when Tyler mm. Taylor went out, right? Went on right. to be very successful because they had no tape on him. And when they figured it out, bye-bye, Baker. Right. So, you know, more power to Justin Herbert. I hope he keeps it up. I hope he uses this as a springboard. Yeah, he looks good. We'll see We'll see how, we'll see how it goes for them. Um, Moving along, some other just quickly, quickly before we roll into our "You Right, You Mad" segment, dude. A lot of coaches were getting fined for not wearing their mask on the sidelines, which was some people were kind of uh, wondering why they are getting fined. What's the big deal? Because they're all, everyone's getting tested, whether it's coaches, players, staff members, utility guys, whatever the case is. All the players aren't wearing them, so. Some people are saying, you know, why do coaches have to wear them? Again, they're, everyone's being tested. They're all gone through the proper protocols, you know, but coaches you know, like uh, Rams coach, Sean McVay, John Gruden most recently, uh, you know, kind of wearing it down below their chin because they're trying to talk to their players. It's easier to kind of communicate, they feel. What, you know, what, I guess, why is it really a thing? Why they're you know, not properly wearing their mask and really isn't necessary to, for them to wear their mask constantly, do you think, Obed? And, or is it necessary for them to really – keep keep uh, keep it keep it going like the way they are um i will i will just you know echo that we've seen other sports do this uh international rules soccer football um has had the coaches wearing masks players on the sidelines wearing masks that aren't going in and players on the pitch not wearing them and they've been fine if someone else is doing it and it works i think they need to shut up and do it so it works so we can keep going get over your your feelings about it get over your politics about it just do it so we can have this sport and keep going right 
No, it make it makes sense. So I mean, they're gonna keep getting fined. I mean, hey, but I guess it is what it is. Dude, make yo, a statement. You gotta make a statement. Hurt them where it hurts. You're gonna you're gonna stop doing something when it's costing you money. That's true. That's true. Um, moving along, let's get into our favorite segment. You write, you mad. We kind of touched on this briefly already. You kind of brought up my topic here, Obed. Um, my first one here on you write, you mad was preseason is a necessary evil. Uh, I think you're right. I think you're right on this one. It's a necessary evil. Again, just think taking away the ability to instill an offense, work on your defensive calls, have uh, your guys line up against players that they don't know when they do the joint practices, um, and then have a chance at seeing some of the other guys who aren't probably going to make get a job. It's not uncommon for a guy to show out for the team that he's uh, he's. Um, trying out for not make that team and then get picked up somewhere else because they saw him in preseason. That doesn't happen anymore. How many guys are we missing out on mm -hmm. guys like uh, Adam Thielen undrafted free agent, uh, Terrell Davis undrafted free agent. You know, it, it's, if those guys don't get that fourth game and that third game to play when they play the most, do we see these guys or the, I feel like the NFL is hampering themselves. What, what, what do you think? Are you, not even just as far as making the team It really, as you mentioned before about the injury concern, um, you don't have guys, you know, some of these guys, their first real game action was week one, their week, their week one, that was their first real game action. It was, mm -hmm. you know, there was no reason to kind of get your body right, take a couple hits, see how you feel afterwards. Cause albeit, you know, they're, they're having practices and even training camps were cut short, as you mentioned too, because of, because of uh, Corona, you know, so you didn't have that um, time to really get in work. You're not going full speed in practice every single down, every single play. So how many guys are really taking hits, getting, they're making their body used to getting hit, you know, Receivers coming off, uh, coming doing it a, a, a crossing route, getting hit by that middle linebacker, you know, run over the middle of the field. Quarterbacks getting sacked, uh, you know what I mean? Um, things like that. So, you know, guys making cuts when they're not used to cutting, you know, if, if running full speed, juking, juking players out and things like that. So this is why I feel like, pre yes, it is kind of this necessary evil. You really sort of need this preseason action, you know, the, like a, a training camp, whether even it's preseason is two games. Yeah. You know, you need Something. that full, you need that full train camp and OTAs and things like that, because you need to get everyone on pace and on track. And, and also too, not even that you're seeing it with some folks, some, excuse me, with some teams not being consistent on the field. They're not jiving with their teammates as they normally would be. This, this case, this case might be the Saints as we talked, we talked about before, you know, Maybe the, so Buccaneers. The, the Buccaneers, you know, kind of, dropping out in the first one, you know, they got to win this week, but you know, I mean, you know, they're not really kind of on the same page as of yet. So I think you do need it. It gives you guys, it gives the players some time to get in, um, get in sync with each other get and it's something, you know, getting that rhythm. And uh, I, I do think it's something that is kind of this necessary. We don't like it. Games don't really count. We get that as a fan, no one really watches preseason, but from a player standpoint, I think you do need it. I think you do. Uh, so uh, let me keep it moving on this one. So uh, Sherman, you right, you Matt. Eagles fans should be concerned with QB Carson Wentz and the offense. Dude, I'm gonna have to say you're right. They should. There should be some sort of a level of concern amongst Philadelphia fans right now. Um, Carson Wentz has not looked like himself in these first couple games. Um, I, albeit, I get it. They've had some a whole bunch of injuries. Um, into this Philadelphia team, especially the offensive line. I think we talked about it last week where the uh, left tackle was moved to right tackle, you know, things like that. So, but, you know, through two games, Carson Wentz, 512 yards, two touchdowns with four interceptions. That's what stands out to me. Uh, he's been sacked eight times. You know, they're, they're, they're not running the ball at all. <laughs> let's, let's just be honest here. Um, no push on that offensive line. You know, right, you know, they got a, they have a total of 178 yards rushing through two games. That's crazy. Through two games. As a team, 178 yards rushing. You know, um, when you think of Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, all these guys on the on that on that team, you'd think you'd have more uh, more yards than that. Right. I mean, I did I think Miles Sanders did miss the Miles Sanders didn't miss the first game. So he had a good decent game this week, 20 attempts on 90 uh, for 95 yards, but 
I just don't – Carson Wentz, I think it was Dan Orlovsky on ESPN talking about the other day, and he's a huge Carson Wentz fan. And he, his concern was even up there for, for the Philadelphia Eagles and their fans, you know. Um, it's just, you know, come out, you lose to the Washington football team week one. Mm. Wow. That's a game you should have won. You were up, I think, 17 nothing or something like that at yeah. one point, or 14 nothing at one point. You lose yeah. to them. Um, then you come out and lose to the Rams. Rams, albeit they look they look good. They're two and zero. They look good. You've got the Bengals, followed by the 49ers come up, who are we talked about, who are riddled with injuries. Yeah. You should certainly win these next two games. If you lose either of these next two games, and you go one and three, if not zero and four, your season's over, Philadelphia. Okay. I mean that division is pretty bad. I, yes, the division is bad. However, if they want to win that division over Dallas, they cannot start one and three or zero and four. Yeah, that's I, what I, I know. Saying. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, you're definitely going to watch the Giants and the Washington Football Team drag that division record down. Of course, the point, you know. But the the Cowboys are going to come out here. They're going to get it clicking. They're going to get Dallas, a team that finally got it together. Uh, while they did get lucky, finally got it together and went out there and scored some points. Uh, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I mean, I would say that that division is probably will end up being one of their worst divisions in the league, especially with the Giants. Obviously, losing Saquon that hurts them. Even with Danny Dimes, you know, he he can't do it all himself. You think Devonta um, Freeman adds anything to them? He just signed with them. Yeah, I know he just signed a one-year deal. I think worth three three million dollars. He, he helps them out, but he's not Saquon. Let's be honest. Devonta Freeman yeah, is not Saquon. Well, of course, of course. Um, not many, not many players are Saquon, um, but. That division is, is terrible. Eagles fans, you have to win these next two games to get back on track um, just because I don't see you, like I said, going 1-3 and three or 0-4. Oh now, Dallas has a tough task this week against Seattle, but they could bounce back with a winning against Cleveland and followed by the Giants right after that. So it's going to be a tall task if the Eagles can't win these next two games. Let's get into the picks, Obed, here for week three. Uh, quickly recapping week two picks. Um, like I mentioned last week, we had we had all the same picks except for one. The only difference was a Cleveland Cincinnati game, which I had that. So I ended up 13 and three last week. You ended up with 12 and four. Um, so we are tied for the overall season at 22 and 20 apiece. Uh, let's get it going here. First game matchup this week is Thursday night football. Miami at Jacksonville. Looks like we're both going with Jacksonville here. Miami doesn't really have a squad. We all know they're kind of in rebuilding mode. You know. Two is waiting on the sidelines, waiting his turn, kind of turn things, you know, see what happens with that squad. But I'm going Jacksonville all the way here. Yep. Jacksonville, yep. Jacksonville Jacksonville across the board. Chicago at Atlanta. Atlanta is going to bounce back with a win here, coming off that tough loss, that blunder on the onside's kick here. Uh, Falcons. I think the Falcons finally found their identity a little bit and then like what they like to do, who they can go to. I don't know if the passing up of the torch has happened now with from Julio to Calvin Ridley. I don't think it has. I think Julio's just injured right now. Um, because if Julio had just come down with a touchdown, I think it would have been a feel like you're wasting Julio's prime by not building a better squad. I again I I got I know Julio signed a new deal a couple, couple years back. He's staying in Atlanta. Honestly, if I were him, I'd want out. You got a hell of a quarterback in Matt Ryan. Don't get me. You guys went to the Super Bowl a few years back, but the defense is subpar. You're not running the ball well. Um, I, I don't see Atlanta really doing doing many things this year or, or even next year. You know, we want uh, LA uh, LA Rams at Buffalo. This is the one game where we have a difference here. Um, I'm I'm going Buffalo here. Um, Buffalo looks good. Josh Allen is a legitimate MVP candidate through two games. He is showing people why he should he can be a franchise QB. He's got a finally got a number one receiver in Stephon Diggs. They lit it up last week. Um, uh, I do. I liked. I like what they're doing. I think this is going to be a very good early test for the Bills. I think they do pull this out. Either maybe an, an upset. I think they pull this one out and, and people start talking about Buffalo a little more. I know they had a 10-win season last year, went to a playoff game. I think this is where see people see, start to realize Buffalo is for real. I'm not saying that they're, they're going to go, you know, 12-4, and 13-3 and three on the year, but like I mentioned before, I think they're going to win the division. I think this is a very good early test for Buffalo to prove their legitimate squad in the league this year. 
I would agree. I think they've got the, the what it takes to be a 10-win, 11-win team this year, especially in that division, because they are going to do, much like they did the first two weeks, and beat up on the two bad teams, or at least the two worst teams of the AFCs, beating the Jets by 10 and beating the Dolphins by three. I think a better team should probably have a bigger win uh, amount, a bigger win difference than they had. Um, and the LA, this this LA Rams team is coming back with Bobby Trees, might have to call him Money Trees, Robert Woods, who started his career in Buffalo and I think is ready for the homecoming. Uh, I, I can't, at the, cut and dry, if you look at the records of the two teams that they beat the first two weeks, you're going to assume that the Bills should probably win those games. But you would think they would have won them that far. Right. I'll agree with that. I will agree with that. I, I want to crown him as MVP because, again, this Dolphins team that he went out there and scored four touchdowns against is the same Dolphins team that Lamar Jackson cooked up last year that was tanking for two. You know, so I, I, these, these these are wins. They're supposed to be wins. They don't right. tell me enough. I try to dig deep. I just think it's going to be the Rams. Okay. We got the Rams. Uh, Washington at Cleveland. Looks like uh, we're both going with Cleveland here. <laughs> That's funny to say here, but – yeah, Washington just doesn't have enough firepower. With that offense in Cleveland, they should be lighting it up here on a subpar Washington defense. So, I'm going with the Browns. Uh, Tennessee at Minnesota. Minnesota looking real subpar. Real, uh, I don't know, man. I thought they'd be better than this. Now, they're 0-2. They need, to, they need to turn things around quickly, uh, quick, fast, and in a hurry because they're going to be in real trouble if they go 0-3. So, I think they – I'm picking Minnesota just because I feel like they need to win this game more than anything else. I was going to agree with you on that one. Tennessee, I feel like it's hard for me to say that they can't take that show on the road in a dome and go out there and play well. I, I don't know what that Tennessee, that Minnesota defense is going to look like. Thank goodness that they have uh, – uh, what is his name from the, uh, the Jags signed with them. Um, defensive tackle, I can't remember his name right now, but Duval. Um, but they, uh, I, I have to feel like this is their backs against the wall, you know. Uh, you can't have a threat, a non-lethal threat on the outside and think that you're going to be able to get catch teams sleeping. What they, what they were missing on Sunday was a bomb to Stephon Diggs, mm-hmm. you know. Some plays to him that just kind of opened up the eyes of that defense like, oh, no, we're going to call sleeping. Uh, because if you can zero on Adam Thielen, you're going to have problems. Yeah, I even though they made a hell of a trade with Buffalo for for to get rid of Diggs when he got all those draft picks, but it's gonna hurt him. It's gonna hurt him for quite a bit. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Vegas at New England, New England all the way. Um, even though Vegas two and zero, as we mentioned before, it looks good. Um, I think New England here. Cam Newton's gonna start putting on a show. He's not really lighting it up through the air as of yet, but uh, I think this is a game they they should definitely win here. Yeah, I've been telling people that the New England offense to me looks like mobile rap. It's exciting, but I worry about the long-term sustainability of it. You can't tap Julian Edelman for 170 yards every game. You can't take those kind of hits. Uh, Julian Edelman is a stretch receiver. I don't know when we ever saw that one coming, but getting behind Jamal Adams for a big play a couple of times. Um, I, I think that they just have a well, well-run well organization. They're going to come out here and play well, and they're at home. So we'll see yep. how that goes. San Francisco at the New York football Giants. Um, man, San Francisco is going to win, albeit that they have everyone injured, but Giants just don't have enough. That Giant, I think the Giants are going to be the one, though, probably if not the worst team in football, along with their counterparts in New York, the Jets. So, you know, we'll get into that game later. But San Francisco, I'm going with them. Even, though, even with everyone injured, I'm still going Niners. Even with everyone injured, I'm still going under. So I think people are going to realize the Giants. The Giants have lost two games. I can't remember who the last two were, but those are teams that people are just like, "Oh man, look at how good they look." Eh, let's now that we understand how the game works early season, the Giants are a bad team. I can't give value to those wins if we picked up W's on them. Yeah, team. Giants lost this. Giants lost to Pittsburgh and Chicago in the first two games. And I just like what is that tells me nothing about Pittsburgh. That tells me nothing about Chicago because I know Chicago is not a good team. They don't have a good quarterback. Right. Cincinnati at Philadelphia. I know we talked about Philly earlier. This is a game they have to win. They should not lose to a rookie QB and Joe Burrow. Let's go Eagles. Yeah, let's go Eagles. This is a Philly get right game. Yep. Houston at Pittsburgh. Um, I'm going with Pittsburgh. Houston, they're not going to recover. They're still not going to recover from the loss of uh, DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason. 
Um, even though Deshaun Watson is probably one of the better QBs, young QBs in the league. Pittsburgh looks good. Uh, I, I like him so far. Ben Roethlisberger is going to get this team back on track, rolling. They'll be two and zero. They could, and they Pittsburgh is a team that could probably end up with you know eleven or twelve wins this season. So uh, I'm, go, I'm going. I'm going Steelers. Yeah, Steelers can end up with eleven or twelve wins, but I don't know if they'll come out of the division with the crown. What are they going to do? The, the, the second they go into Baltimore, mm-hmm. they get nay ass whooped. But big trust. Um, okay, we're going <laughs> Pittsburgh at this one. Uh, okay, so we'll move forward. We'll keep moving. New York Jets at Indianapolis. Uh, where I'm going, Indianapolis. That defense is great. Played fantastic lights out against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and the Jets are a bad team. I mean, they're just not making plays. And the problem is not Sam Darnold. I really think it's Adam Gase. It just does not coordinate good. Hundred percent, it's Adam Gase. The Jets will have, probably have the worst record in football this year. Uh, let's go Colts. Yeah. Uh, Carolina at LA Chargers. Uh, I'm going to give it to the Chargers. Carolina not having Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey was the bright spot. Yes, they've got Robbie Anderson going. Yes, they have Chris Samuel there. Mike Davis is going to step in. I just don't believe it. I'm not buying it. Yeah, especially if Justin going with the Chargers. Yeah, especially if Justin Herbert is starting once again. You know, even though even though he looked good last week as a rookie, um, going to you know, I still think that he can get it done. Uh, Panthers without without CMC, not going to happen. Goal. Panthers have bad defense as well. Yeah, goal Chargers goal. <laughs> They'll be back. Um, keeping it moving. Tampa Bay at Denver. Tampa Bay finally got back on the on the positive side of things, even out there right mm-hmm. one. Uh, I have a feeling that they're going to come out here and say, well, Denver just signed Blake Bortles. I don't think uh, Blake Bortles is ready to see this Tampa Bay uh, defensive line. Um, while Denver is a hard place to play, I have a feeling that Tom is chomping at the bits for this defense that hasn't been too strong in the last few weeks. Yeah, top, Tampa Bay all the way in this one. Uh, Detroit and Arizona. Detroit Again, probably one of the worst teams in football is just going to go and lay down for Arizona. Uh, if you have the Arizona defense or do you, know, you don't have the Arizona defense, pick them up this week. Yeah, Arizona. Matthew Stafford just doesn't have the weapons. He hasn't had it at all. The defense has been terrible for years. When was the last time Detroit had a top five or even top ten defense? I can't even tell you, but you thought they would have one when Matt Patricia showed up. I guess that's not the case. Exactly. Arizona all the way. Uh, Dallas at Seattle. We both picked Seattle in this one. I think the Patriots showed us that Seattle is not the hardest place to play when there's no 12th man. Mm-hmm. Um, mind you, they are pumping in crowd noise at 70 decibels, but on a good night, uh, Qualcomm Stadium where Seattle plays is usually about 140, 141 decibels. So yeah. the difference is starting. It's definitely not the same without the fans there in Seattle, but um... I think Russell Wilson is probably in control, is definitely going to be a MVP candidate this year. He can definitely lead that team. Um, I think this will be a higher scoring game. Um, I'm going to say Obed, um, yeah. even with Jamal Adams lurking in that, you know, in that, in that secondary, yeah. uh, I think the, I think the Cowboys can, you know, put up some points. I'm going to say Seattle wins this no by no more than 10. I'm going to say like 40 to 30 or something like that, you know, 42 to 32 Seattle yeah. here. Yes, Seattle has been involved in these like barn burning like 30 point plus games because they just don't have any defense anymore. And this is why people have been telling them, hey, let Russ cook because the defense is going to put him back out there. So let Russ cook. Yep. Um, So Green Bay at New Orleans on Sunday night. Funny little side story here that the Green Bay, the New Orleans doctor who apparently worked on Devontae Adams' knee is going to give the green light whether Devontae Adams can play in a game against the team that he works for. I'm going to say that Green Bay is going to win this game, even though they are going to New Orleans. New Orleans is, you know, they, if they have Devontae Adams, if they don't, whatever. Uh, it's obvious that Aaron Rodgers is still chucking the rock. Drew Brees is having an issue. Unless they do something with that offense and say, hey, we are going to start running to the trick on Smith. We are going to run start running uh, to uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Um, they're going to have problems. they got to figure it out because without Michael Thomas, you got to do something. Dude, Aaron Rodgers is lighting it up through the first two games. Over 600 yards, six touchdowns, no picks. Aaron Jones looks, looking like a monster uh, last week. So I'm going Green Bay as well, even though it's in New Orleans. If, I'll put it this way. If New Orleans had fans in the stands, I'd go with New Orleans. But since they won't or they don't, I'm going with Green Bay in this one. There, there. 
Uh, and then the Monday night massacre that is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs going into body more murder land. I hope that they like Kenneth, Kansas City Barbecue in Baltimore because mm. those kids are coming to cook. Mm. Uh, but we both seem to be picking Baltimore in this one. So what's your take on this show? Dude, this is probably the matchup of the year everyone's looking forward to. You got the two back-to-back uh, -back MVP winners in uh, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes and Lamar Action Jackson here going at it. Man, oh. Dude, I, I, I'm picking Baltimore because it's at home. And I, again, home field really kind of doesn't really play it as a much of a part as it would normally with the, with fans without the fans being in the stands. But uh, I'm, just, I'm just going really, I think Baltimore has a bit of a better defense than, the, than, the, than Kansas City does. I think Kansas City is going to struggle to slow down Lamar. And that's going to be the factor here. I think they're going to have to push the rock a little bit, as well, of course. On, on the ground against KC, yeah. but I think um, it was in, in the in the in the game uh, KC and in, in the Chargers last week. The right receiver got hurt. I believe it was um, Sammy Watkins. Was it Sammy Watkins or Sammy Watkins? Yep, he had a concussion. Concussion. Okay, so if he's not able to go at full full speed, that's gonna hurt. Um, Baltimore yeah. full strength is lethal, as you know. Like you yeah. mentioned, they gonna they gonna cook. They gonna light it up. Yeah, um, I mean, you got I'm a bunch of Heisman Trophy winners out there. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to this game. Um, I'm saying Baltimore, 35 to 20. I'm gonna say both. Actually, I'm gonna say Baltimore 35 to 24. I I was actually originally gonna go with a higher score, but I feel like they're gonna kind of what fourth quarter rolls around. The scoring's gonna kind of get damn. Yeah, they're gonna light it up for maybe the first two three quarters. When yeah. the fourth quarter comes, it's going to slow down a little bit. Baltimore's going to start running the rock more. So if you got Marvin Ingram on your squad this week, folks, try to start start him in this game against KC. So um, yeah, start your start your Ravens. Uh, I would say the only person that's probably I'm I'm in a hedge and say be careful. Kansas City Chiefs rookie running back Clyde's. Clyde Edward Hiller, Clyde Edward Hiller. Um, I don't know if they'll <laughs> they'll be able to uh, uh, you know beat this Baltimore run game uh, run defense that is going to be pretty stout at the point of attack. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if this kid's got the juice. I think Clyde Campbell's going to be looking for him. So yeah, man, I think it's going to be a definitely a good one. It's probably the matchup of the week. Everyone's looking forward to it Monday night. So can't wait to see that one, uh, folks. I think that's going to do it for us to hear this week on What's the Word Entertainment. Um, good to have you, as always, Obed, my friend. Um, any last words for the people as we roll out here on another, another fantastic week and get ready for this weekend's football action and watching you know, any other games you're looking interested in? America, if you haven't already registered to vote, you need to vote. You need to make sure you're registered. You need to make sure you get out there, get your vote out. Okay. Uh, we got moves to make. We want to make 2020 the rest of it. 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024. It's mm. fantastic of years of our lives as you can. Listen, this is the prime of my life. I'm trying to live good. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you, I, I want to live. I want to know that everyone has uh, has exercised their right as an American the right way and went ahead and uh, ticketed their vote and cast it and make sure that they get their candidate. Yo, good good call, Ben. Yep. Yo, you make sure you want to make sure you live in your best life. Absolutely. And, and going back and forth with you ninjas. <laughs> I feel you, son. Dude, uh good to have you as always, sir. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, make sure you subscribe, like the channel, check us out on Twitter at the WWENT. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, What's the Word Entertainment? We here as always. We're going to catch you guys next time. Have a good one. Enjoy all the games. Be safe out there, people. Peace. See ya.